Hello and welcome to Paul Martin's Catholic Podcast. I'm Paul Martin and this is my 14th instalment of great films for Catholics. Films that are either Catholic in nature or they would appeal to Catholics. <clears throat> and the first is a 1990 film called The Passion of Bernadette. It's on YouTube and it's a drama. It's basically a sequel to The Song of Bernadette, which is a 1943 film. It's a good companion film to The Song of Ber Bernadette. It's edifying and it's inspirational. And it's after the miracles of Lourdes, her life in the convent. Uh, the next film is called Sophie Scholl. The Final Days, and it's a 2005 film about the martyrdom of Sophie Scholl, who was a German Catholic in the Catholic resistance movement that fought against the Nazis called The White Rose. And it looks at her resistance and her ultimate martyrdom via the guillotine. It's a powerful film. The third one is also a very powerful film, and again, it's about martyrdom by the Nazis. It's called Life for Life, Maximilian Kolbe. It's a 1991 film. It's available on YouTube in German and Spanish. It's available in English on Formed. Formed is a basically like a Netflix for Catholics. My parish pays for everyone there to, uh, to access it. And it looks at the martyrdom of a Polish priest who was martyred by the Nazis. He wasn't even sentenced to death. There was another man sentenced to death. And Maximilian Kolbe volunteered to take his place. <clears throat> so it's a very powerful, moving film. <clears throat> And many years ago, when I was a Protestant and I learned the story of Colby, I actually cried. It really deeply moved me and it helped prepare the way for me to become a Catholic years later. The next one is a classic science fiction film. It's called Metropolis. It's a 1927 film. And it's set in the year 2030. It's by Fritz Lang, the famous film producer. And it looks at the class struggle, social injustices, and there's much biblical imagery used throughout. And the hero of the film is a holy woman called Maria, which is Mary, who leads a church in the 2,000-year-old catacombs. And they have crosses and altar candles at church. And she gives a Tower of Babel sermon. And the workplace is called Molech. And the new Tower of Babel is where the wealthy are developing the city. Now, Molech was a pagan deity in the Old Testament. And there's this evil mad scientist who wants to recreate humans in the image of machines. 
and the hero goes to the Catholic Church, uh, the guy who's helping Maria, he goes to the Catholic Church and he learns about the Book of Revelation and the Seven Deadly Sins. And at the same church, the cathedral, at the end of the film, the peace treaty is made between the bosses and the workers. And you can get that film off YouTube. It goes for about two and a half hours. It's a silent film. And it was it's a well-loved film that was well and truly ahead of its time. The next film is called The Box and it's a mystery film, it's from 2009, and it stars Cameron Diaz, and it's a moral, ethical film. It's about a box where a stranger turns up at someone's house, he gives them this box, and he says, if you press the button, you get $1 million, but only if a random person dies. And the film's message is there's only one path to salvation in, instead of damnation. It's based on a short story called Button Button by Richard Matheson. And there's a character who gives the people this test called Arlington Stewart. And he has immortal life and is a saint from the dead who's testing people. And there's a mention in the film that it's about purgatory. So it may not literally be a, a Catholic film, but I think it's a very good moral film that teaches that actions have consequences and selfish choices we make can harm people. And if we do harm people, there are repercussions. The next two films are horror movies. The first one is Tales from the Crypt. It's a 1972 film. It stars Joan Collins, Peter Cushing and Richard Green. And it's about five strangers, a woman and four men, who are in the crypt. And they don't realise at first that they're actually dead and they're about to be cast into hell by a monk. Well, he's called the keeper of the crypt, but he's actually dressed like a monk. And he gets them to go over their lives to learn about what they did that led up to it. And one was Joan Collins who commits murder but is killed by a serial killer straight afterwards. And then there's Peter Cushing who acts as a very kind man but he doesn't want to sell his house and these ruthless neighbours conspire against him. And then the neighbour who conspired against him has to come to terms with the evil he's done. It's a very sobering film to watch and it made me think long and hard, even though I was a Christian when I saw it years ago, that we better be careful about the way we live and the way we behave because there are consequences and we may damn our souls by the things we do. The next one is the sequel, Vault of Horror, 1973. And this is about five men who are dead and they recount the stories prior to their deaths. It includes a serial killer who gets caught by vampires, a nitpicking husband who drives his wife to 
murder him. And he's actually seen as culpable. Which I think is a very sobering and interesting point. It looks at a voodoo artist, an artist of, uh, who does paintings, and he gets done an injustice. But he then gets revenge. And his revenge damns his soul as well. And a murderous magician... And it's a great film to watch. Vault of Horror, 1973. And Tales from the Crypt, 1972. <clears throat> the next one is an Irish romance or drama called Girl with Green Eyes. It's a 1964 black and white film. And it's about a young, naive, convent-educated girl who's a Catholic, who's just growing up. And she falls in love with an older man who's married, although he's going through a divorce. And she has an affair with him, starts sleeping with him, and then marries him. Naturally, her family, who are devout Catholics, are opposed to it. But her family are also hypocrites, who don't live or practice the Catholic faith very well. They have alcoholic addictions and they're extremely violent and aggressive and obnoxious. And there's a split second scene in the film, it's a blink and you miss it scene that sums up the family where you see a picture of Mary in their house and some empty beer or Guinness bottles. And she meets a priest who excuses the alcoholic addiction in her family and she rejects his guidance. So to some people it might sound like an anti-Catholic film. I think no, it's actually a moral tale of the misery and the heartache that comes from illicit relationships and it also shows the ineffectiveness of people who live a hypocritical faith. I found it uh, a good film overall and that that the relationship doesn't last. He goes back to his wife and her heart's broken. And then the next one on the list is a 1930s horror, Dracula. It's a 1931 film starring Bela Lugosi. He's the Hungarian actor. And Transylvania, where the legend originates from, is is where uh, Hungarian people live, so I think he was well cast. And it has powerful Christian symbolism. Uh, the vampires love darkness, they hate crucifixes, and they transform into the image of beasts, that is, bats, and they're called the undead. And scripture talks about sinners who are dead in trespasses and that men love darkness for their deeds are evil. And it's about the dead and in darkness and their bloodlust. And one of the main characters is given a crucifix for protection, which the vampires are terrified of. It's far better than the 2004 film Van Helsing, where it, uh, where it shows uh, Buddhists and Muslims all working together with Christians. This, this is far better. It shows the cross and its power 
Against Darkness and the Vampires. So Dracula, 1931. The next one is a superhero action film, Hellboy, 2004. And it's about this superhero who's half human, half demon. Now, if you want to be strictly theological, uh, demons are not capable of redemption, although he's meant to be a half demon. But it's a parable, it's a story, it's full of symbolism. It's a creature who is supposed to be destined to be evil, and he's had influences from demonic people such as the Nazis and Rasputin, but he uses his free will to do good. And he's a Catholic, and he uses Catholic relics like the Rosary to battle evil forces. So, Hellboy, 2004. Now we get to the last two. There's The Truman Show, 1998. It stars Jim Carrey, who acts as Truman, and Laura Liney acts as his wife. And he lives in a fake world, and all his movements are observed and recorded on a TV show that's broadcasted all around the planet. So he lives in this isolated large plot of land with all these people that live around him that are actors that are pretending to be his friends and family. And as he's approaching 30 years of age, he starts to become more and more suspicious that he really is living in a fake world. And so he decides to escape. And in the last scene, it contrasts with the big booming voice of the fake creator of the world he lives in, and then the silent, desperate prayer of his former girlfriend who is praying for him to break free. And an extra piece of symbolism in this film is that the boat he escapes on is called the Santa Maria, which means Saint Mary. And we Catholics believe very strongly in the intercession of Mary. That brings us to the last film, Magnolia. It's a drama. It's a 1999 film. It stars Tom Cruise, Julianne Moore, Philip Seymour Hoffman, John C. Riley, and a whole bunch of other films. It goes for over three hours. It does have a lot of swearing and a bit of dirty talk, so it's probably not for everyone, this film. But it's a film about forgiveness, guilt, human relationships and our interconnectedness with each other. It looks at past hurts, at loneliness, at the meaning of life and how we treat each other. And there's a bit of a ridiculous scene towards the end of the film where there's a raining frog plague at the end, although that's like a biblical plague, and it changes people and it makes people reprioritize their lives. And the message of the film is that our world is not a world of random chance, but of purpose, that we must live with love, morality and ethics. So, go and watch some more movies now. And I want to thank you all for tuning in.
If you love my podcast, the best support you can give me is to share it on your social media and share it with your family and friends. Thank you for listening. Enjoy your movie marathon. I'm Paul Martin.